You know, we really do never know what life holds in store for us. And sometimes we have plans and thoughts and ideas and dreams of where things are going to go for us and how we're going to get to those places and and things don't always seem to go that way and um, there are things that occur in life that um, that change direction and uh, call us to something different than what we had envisioned or or what we had in our thoughts and we never know when those things are going to come and how they are going to occur and um, I, uh, I think about, uh, you know, as uh, Gary was sharing the thoughts about his mom and, and um, those events. And I, uh, I think about my own mother and her declining health and, and uh, you know, the thought every day really is, you know, does she have uh, another day, another week, uh, another moment, or, or is it time? Uh, for her to um, to go home to the Lord, and those are difficult things to think about. Um, when someone reaches um, advanced years and age, there uh, there seem to be a little bit easier to understand and to accept. And um, I thought about um, an event this week that happened uh, in uh, in Ariel's life. She was sharing with us that they were having a uh, a pizza little party at school, kind of the end of the school. They've got three days left, just three, just three days, right? And uh, but they were having a little pizza thing, and a little girl choked, and she was choking, 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 really headed in a bad direction. And Ariel alert recognized it and and grabbed her and did the Heimlich maneuver, and and the uh, object that was lodged became dislodged, and um, and she was okay. And I thought about how tragic that could have ended, and uh, in a very young age and a very small child, and and uh, and so forth. And so we never know. Uh, like Gary was talking about, you know, there are blessings that come in so many ways, so many disguises, and 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 we don't even recognize them sometimes. And what a blessing that was for that young life. And who knows down the road what she may do in life um, because she's still here. And um, God has a plan for all of us. And, uh, and the thing about that I want us to see today is when God calls us, He calls and expects our very best. He doesn't expect leftovers. He doesn't expect, um, you know, uh, less than our best. He always expects our very best. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, and I hope that you do, turn with me to the Old Testament book of Genesis. Very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 22. In the preceding chapters of the book of Genesis, beginning in chapter 12 up to 21, where we're going to pick up in 22, we have the story of the life of Abraham and how Abraham obeyed the call of God he left his home in Ur of Chaldees, how God promised him the blessings of the Abrahamic covenant, how Abraham's lineage included Ishmael and Isaac. Isaac was the son of the promise, how God had directed the sacrifice of Isaac, 
And we look at all of these events unfolding in the life of Abraham. And we see blessings that were coming, and we see struggles that were happening, and we see the storyline unfolding. And when we stop and think about his call for Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, we have to wonder, what was God up to? We have to ask ourselves, what is he trying to teach us? What kind of message is he sending to us? There has to be something here of great importance for you and I to see and to know and understand. When God looks at you, when he looks at me, when he looks at anyone who has given their life to him, he desires our very best. No matter what the cost, no matter how difficult it may be, but he also promises that if we will give our very best, it will be worth it because he promises great reward for our obedience. So let's look at this passage quickly together this morning and see what we can learn from these events in the life of Abraham and Isaac. Beginning in chapter 22 in the very first verse, it says, Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. And he said, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go yonder, and we will worship and return to you. And Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering, and he laid it on Isaac his son, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. And so the two of them walked on together. And Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And so the two of them walked on together. And then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. I want you to think about those words as this passage begins to unfold. We're going to look at a little bit more in regards to this. But just understanding fully what God had called Abraham to and how Abraham responded 
And then what was the reward that God had promised because of His great obedience? So the first thing I want us to see is God's incredible test. In verses 1 and 2, is His test is intentional. We need to understand that. God never makes mistakes. There isn't anything that God has ever done, there isn't any life that God has created that was a mistake. God never makes mistakes. He is always intentional in His acts and always has a reason. So there was a testing that was taking place. And as the testing began to take place, God had a specific intention and God had a specific reason. Anytime there is testing in our life, understand God does not make mistakes. He is intentional and He has a reason for the testing that we're facing. Now, the Scripture is very clear. God will never tempt us. There's a difference between tempting and testing. God will never tempt us to do something that we should not do or something that is sinful. But God will test us in life. And that brings us to the second thing, is that this testing was severe. It, not only was it intentional, but it was severe. And we think about it and we go, man, how in the world could God ask Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac? How could he ask him to take his life? I believe that when God calls us to a task, and he had called Abraham to a task, when he calls us to a task, the testing is equal to, to the uh, momentum, if you would, of the task. In other words, there are tasks in our life that are not monumental tasks. And the testing that comes from that may be very mild or, or, or very subdued, if you would. But when the task that God has before us is a great task, is a monumental task, I believe the testing is greater because we have to be able to, to prove or to ensure that we are up to the task. And so this severe testing, it was so impactful to the life of Abraham. The call for him to sacrifice his son. But the task that was before him, I'm not talking about the sacrifice, I'm talking about the next task that was before him. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But the fact of the matter is that the task that was before him was so monumental, was so great, that God had to be sure and had to ensure that Abraham was up to the task. And so this was the test, and this was the severity of the test that God brought in his life. So God was testing Abraham to prepare him for the task that lied ahead, that would lie ahead. And so we have to ask ourselves then, what is Abraham's response? And that picks up in verse 3 down through verse 14 as we read together, and what is his response? The first thing that I find amazing about his response is it was immediate. It was an immediate response. We have no indication in Scripture anywhere that Abraham negotiated with God, that Abraham was pleading with God, that, that Abraham sought to change God's mind or, or give uh, some other direction to this. He didn't try to delay it or hold it off and, and figure out if there was some other way that he could go. It was immediate. He received the word of the Lord, and it said early the next morning. Immediately, when there was daylight, he began to obey God's call in his life to obedience. I think about that sometimes in our life, how we want to, to delay things. 
how we have a message from God of something that He calls us to or expects of us. And, and we say, well, God, is, is there any other way we can get around this? Is there something else we can do or some other way we can manage this? Or we try to delay it. Well, let's put this off. Let's go do this first. This is still a good thing, but let's go do this first. And we do everything we can to avoid that thing that God's called us to that maybe is unpleasant uh, or is not popular or, or something that we don't necessarily desire to do. But with Abraham, it was immediate. There was no delay. There was no hesitation. God had said it, that settled it, and he was committed to obeying God's command. Second thing I want to know about this, it was worshipful. He said, hey, we're going to go to the mountain and we're going to worship. And we're going to take a sacrifice to God and, and we're going to worship God. It was respectful and it was reverent. He didn't start out on this journey with, oh my goodness, this is the most horrible thing that I'm ever going to have to do in my life. I can't believe that God would ask this of me. It's such a burden. It's such a horrible thing. You can't imagine how he didn't do that. He said, we're, we're going to go and worship. We're going to go and present ourselves before God, and we're going to worship God. Because our obedience to God is worship of God. And it is a commitment of faithfulness to Him in our life. And so it was a worshipful act. It was respectful and it was reverent of Him. It was trustful. He trusted God. He believed that God is who He says He is and that He will do what He says He will do. God had promised Him already that He would be the Father of many nations. Isaac is the only way currently, humanly, for that to happen. And when God said, I want you to sacrifice him, there was complete trust in Abraham that God would still do what God said he was going to do. And if it meant obedience, meant sacrificing, the only avenue that humanly we could see could accomplish that, he was willing to do it. Why? Because he fully trusted God. He believed that God would do what God had promised he would do. And he never hesitated. He never thought, well, wait a minute. How's God going to carry this plan out? If, if I sacrifice Isaac, then, then there's, there's no one to carry on the family name. There's no one to continue on what God has said he was going to do. Wait a minute, God. He didn't do that. He said, I trust you. I, I explicitly trust you completely with every aspect and every avenue of my life. And so if this is what you've called me to, I will obey it faithfully. Not only did he trust him, but it was literal. It wasn't one of those things, well, this is kind of a spiritual message, and it's kind of a, you know, one of these things that's obscure, it's not real. It was a literal act. It was literal obedience. He cut, notice what I said, he cut the wood. He cut the kindling that he needed to build the fire for the burnt offering. He was planning to literally carry out. Notice what it says. It says when he and the two young men and Isaac reached the destination, he saw the place of sacrifice. He said, you stay here with the donkey. The boy and I are going to go on. And notice what he took. He took the boy, he took the kindling, he took the fire, and he took the knife. It was literal. This was going to happen. And he was in complete obedience, trusting God in a worshipful way. He was headed on this journey. Now remember what the scripture says. I think this is very interesting. It says, after three days. Ever remember hearing that somewhere else in scripture? After three days? I do. Over in the New Testament. 
But he said after three days, he lifted up his eyes and he saw the place that God had designated. And, and, and it was literally an event that was going to happen. You stay here with the donkey. The boy and I are going to go worship. And notice what he says, and we'll return. We'll come back. He completely trusted God. He was complete, completely in, a, in literal obedience in what God had called him to do. He took the wood. He took the sacrifice, his son Isaac. He took the fire and he took the knife. And he said, let's go do this thing that God has called us to do. And then the final thing is it was prophetic. And, and we can see the sacrifice of Jesus all over this. He says in that verse as we read, he said he, he put the kindling, he put the wood on Isaac's back. What an incredible image of Jesus carrying the cross that he would be sacrificed on. He said after three days he lifted up his eyes and we know that Jesus was buried in the tomb for three days. On the third day he arose from the grave. He said this is your son, your only son that you love. God sacrifices the only begotten son that he loved. All of the imagery, all of the prophetic foretelling of the coming of sacrifice of Jesus that is carried out in the sacrifice of Isaac. There's only one difference. God completed the task. And Jesus paid the price. But Isaac didn't have to die like Jesus died. He was placed on the altar. And after he was placed on the altar and, and Abraham raised his knife to take his life... He was stopped by the voice of God and the angel. And God provided a sacrifice for him. And, and so I, I, I see the image here that Isaac was, was laid out on the altar and he was tied up to be sacrificed. And then when God provided, he was resurrected. He got back up off of that, that burning sacrifice, that, that stack of wood that was going to take his life. And he lived again. And we see all of the prophecy that takes place in this one act, in this one moment, in these few verses in Genesis chapter 22. What are the lessons can we learn from this today? Here, here's the first thing. Parents, we need to set an example of faithfulness and obedience for our children. Parents, we need to set an example of faithful and obedience for our children. Abraham never shrunk back from what God had called him to do. And he was leading example. And, and listen to the words again as they ring in our ears. The little boy looked at his father and said, Father, we've got the wood, we've got the fire, we've got everything we need to worship God. What about the sacrifice? And what did his father say to him? God will provide for himself the lamb. Abraham knew what he had been called to do. And if it was to complete this task of the sacrifice of his son, he was willing to do that in obedience to the Father. But he said, God will provide for himself the lamb. What a lesson he was teaching to his child. And notice what it says. Isaac didn't question that. Isaac didn't say, well, Dad, where's the lamb going to come from? Dad, I don't see any lambs out here. Where are we going to get a lamb? When Abraham said, hey, son, God will provide, Isaac said, all right then. Guess what? Abraham had already been teaching Isaac 
how to trust God. Abraham had been instructing him in his life and raising him and setting for him an example of what it means to trust God and to obey God and be faithful to God. And when Abraham said to Isaac, God will provide a lamb for himself, Isaac didn't question it. He said, all right then, let's go. Because his father was setting an example for his son and what it means to obey and be faithful to the heavenly father. Parents, we need to set an example of faithfulness and obedience to our children. To be faithful and obedient to God. second lesson I want us to, to think about is this. God will always provide. No matter what. God will always provide. I don't know what it is that you need provision for in your life. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's work. Maybe it's health. Maybe it's a relationship. I don't know. But whatever it is, God will always provide. It will be in His timing. It will be in in His will. But God will always provide for our lives. Third thing that I see in regards to that is obedience is far more important than we often think. Obedience is far more important than we often think. Sometimes we think, well, you know, I know God says I should do this, but, you know, I, it, that whole thing is a little bit much. I just do part of it. God, God says that I should go in this direction in obedience to Him, and I'm going to go part way, but I'm not going to go all the way. Obedience is far more important than we often Abraham was willing to be obedient to the point of the death of his son. His only son, the scripture defines, that he loved. He was willing to sacrifice him in order to obey his father, his heavenly father. Obedience is far more important than we often think it is. Complete, total obedience to God. That brings us to the third thing this morning. And that is God's great reward. If we read on in the story of Abraham and Isaac, we know that that day the lamb was sacrificed. They worshiped God. They returned to home. And God blessed them in a physical way. Abraham became the father of many nations. He had great success. And it says when he reached the end of his life, that he was content with life. And we can read, and, and God had blessed him with, with herds and servants and possessions. He had blessed him with all of those things, but he was content with life because he had been obedient to the Father, and the Father rewarded him for his obedience. And then the second thing is this, is that it was a spiritual reward through Abraham, the Jewish people came. Through the Jewish people came the Messiah, who would save all nations. Not only did Abraham become the father of many nations, but through him and through his lineage came the Savior, who would save all nations. And at the end of Isaac's life, that young life that God had called Abraham to in obedience to sacrifice, that young life that was spared. There were great blessings that came. And when he reached the end of his life, he had been blessed beyond measure by God, and he was also content.
content with his life. God brings blessings our way, but he brings them when we obey, when we are faithful. When God calls us to a task, he expects our very best. And so the question that I would have for you this morning is, are we giving God our very best? Are we giving Him everything that we can, everything that we should, understanding that God will always do what God says He will do, and that when He calls us, He calls us to obedience, and He calls us to give our very best. Well, this morning, we're going to prepare for our invitation hymn, and as we prepare for that invitation hymn, I encourage you just to think about your life. Think about what God has called you to. What task is there in your life? What is there that He is looking for you to do, for you to accomplish in your service, in your commitment, in your faithfulness to His kingdom? And are you obeying Him? And are you giving Him your very best? If there's a decision on your heart this morning, won't you come as we stand and we sing?